Hello, welcome to the MetaPod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I'm Jake. Here with me, my co-host, my beautiful co-host that I actually get to see face to face this time. You, I mean, y'all can't see our faces, but I can. I don't know. This I'm is, recording it like this, Jake. We could make this the first video pod. Okay, well, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> we are here today. We're, uh, the reason that I can see Sean this time is because we're prepping for the tournament that happened yesterday at the time that this is releasing which is actually later today which is next i don't even know it's happening for us in our present it is tonight in your present listener it is in the past so yeah so we're we're prepping with that and testing everything and sean was like why don't we just record via skype and i was like okay whatever you want you're the one who edits it (laughs) <laughs> no. i mean it's just a Whatever recording you want to do at the end of the day it's just i could record on any platform but i'm like we were already video chatting on skype to uh to get all the fancy obs stuff set up so it, it looks really good i highly encourage check out sean's vod of the tournament um over on twitch if you uh want to see that i don't know are you going to do anything in terms of like videos so like i know like chill does mm. like i think it's chill does like the finals match or whatever and like yeah. somebody else does like matchup versus matchup are you going to do that for your youtube just out of curiosity i have no plans of doing that i'm going to be honest with you like i i, I haven't made an, any videos in a while and i don't know if the if the fancy strikes me but jake if you if you for your youtube have any inkling of doing that i can certainly send you the footage too i'm i mean i might actually i mean it's a format that nobody like really cares about because it's yeah. like it's a one-time format basically but um it's a fun tournament and who knows maybe people want to yeah i don't know maybe somebody does really well and they want to see that footage and so that would be a way for them to review that either way we got a lot of stuff to talk about today we're gonna i mean last week we said that we were gonna fly by some things but maybe today we actually fly by some things but <laughs> um we've got a lot of stuff to talk about some future things that have been announced um, actually everything that is, that we're going to talk about in terms of this first section of the podcast is in the future. So that'll be very interesting. But as always, when we get a five-star review, we always got to talk about it. So, uh, this five-star review comes from wizard Westy. happened last Tuesday. So right after the podcast came out, probably. So thank you wizard Westy for putting in the review titled awesome. I like that. I like that start. Very short to the point. I'm currently in the awkward stage of beginner intermediate in the TCG and the general knowledge of the meta these dudes convey is obvious to even the relatively new player like myself. Awesome pod. You know what? You're awesome yourself, Westy. Thank you so much for the five star review. But uh, chat, we need more five star reviews. We're at 25 star reviews now. Big fat rating. That's Big great fat rating. Thank like, you so much for the support. Should we should we do something if we get to? I, I, technically, we can't encourage people with giveaways to leave reviews. Technically, on the uh, TOS of Apple, but, um, is uh, there like a bet that we could do between us? Uh, well, yeah, maybe. Let's think. Or what, like what something that be? we could do between us. I don't. I, I mean, maybe if we get to, we're at twenty right now. Yeah, let's set a, a very modest goal. If we get to 25, Jake, is there something that you and I would do? What if we honestly, Sean, what if we what if when we get to 25 reviews, we just like start putting like we have the Skype call. Yeah. Why don't we just start putting the podcast on YouTube? Okay. 
Okay, cool. We'll figure out whose YouTube channel it is. Yeah, uh, I might I just put it on. Fix my lighting because I feel like it's super freaking bright in here because it's middle of the day. Well, yeah, because you never. We <laughs> this is something for listeners, right? If this video, if we get to twenty five five star reviews. I have this video and I will put that on YouTube. Now, if you're already listening to this and you probably won't listen back, but if you want to see what we look like while we record, if you've never seen us ever, right. Um, then yeah. And then you can watch this back and, uh, and you can watch me fidget the entire, the entire time and you'll change positions in my seat. You'll also see how dark it is when we normally record because we normally record at like 8 PM on Mondays. Yeah. Cause I'm stupid. Busy and Sean's got a real life. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm potentially, you know, changing some of the accounts I'm working on soon. So lots of work, but it will be moving potentially into an alcohol brand realm. Oh, so yeah, funny, funny. I like that. (laughs) As Jake sips his (laughs) IPA. Yeah, it's a busy day for me, so I I like to. Every time, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know me, anytime I have like a big, big work day. So this is going to be like one of the biggest work weeks of my life. And so at the beginning, I like to start off the week with the with a adult beverage because I am of age. And then at the end, when it's all said and done, I like to crack one at the end as well. So Saturday night, I will I will crack one with the with the crew as a congratulations. Good job. But yeah, this is going to be the busiest week of my life. How was your Valentine's Day? My Valentine's Day was lovely. Uh, I I will say, so my partner, Sam, got me a uh, crepe maker. And like, I, oh. I think I said this last week, part of the reason is because like, I have to, I have celiac, so I can't have gluten. So finding crepes that are gluten-free, especially moving out of Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got everything, right? But once mm. you move out to the suburbs, it's harder to find. So yeah, I got a crepe maker. We've never made crepes. We attempted to make a batter. <laughs> and I will tell you, I was so stupid. I looked up a recipe. It, I, I said crepes to Google. And then I clicked on one and it was for pancakes. So we made <laughs> the batter. And you think they're how far apart could they be? Yeah, like how different know. is that? Apparently different enough because, you know, we changed. We realized halfway through, we tried to edit it. We poured it out and it just ended up being like nothing stuck together and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing wrong it was just like a crumbly mess and we just ended up we we cooked it and we ate like it looked like scrambled eggs as oh that's awesome and we just put nutella and bananas all in it and just ate it like that (laughs) yeah you just like it's like i mean it's like soggy cereal yeah yeah i I mean it was good it was tasty i will say i think there was too much salt Little pinch of salt. It was a little too sal- salty and sweet, but little you know, little pinch of salt grabs entire handful. Yes, exactly. And then and then we uh, what else did we do? We went into the city. You know, went to a fancy macaroon place, and then we just uh, we we just chilled. We've been watching Naruto. So ah, uh, Naruto is really good. I haven't seen I haven't seen it in so long though. So I'm yeah. out of tune. How was your How was your Valentine's Day? It was good. I did work. Okay. Well, your your work is your partner right now. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's that's the game plan. But anyways, back to the basics of Back to the Future. Sean, some crazy things have happened. Worlds 2021 canceled. 
London 2020. Well, I shouldn't say canceled. It has been as quoted delayed from pokebeach.com. Yep. In a, in a, in a surprise to no one, I'm like over here looking at my soundboard. I never use this, so I'll use it right now. Oh my God. I didn't hear it. Well, it's just (laughs) like an anime sound. Oh my God. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I, it's weird what things you can and can, I guess you can't hear that. I, that's weird. It's always weird to me what you can and can't hear through these things. I don't know. I mean, but any either way, <laughs> it, it's not a surprise. I think I said this a couple weeks ago on the Metapod podcast that I don't believe we'll have a 2021 world. No, I just don't yeah. think America and the rest of the world in general is progressing fast enough um, because, you know, pandemic Again, they literally quoted in Pokey Beach. This comes as no surprise. But we do know that 2022 Worlds will take place in London. So they're dedicated in keeping Worlds at London, giving London the World Championships. I think that's really good. I think that we could actually have a 2022 Worlds. It could be like limited in terms of like maybe like the point total is like really high so then people don't get it or they only invite like the top 32 or whatever but i don't know i think that um i a i was surprised they're keeping it in london i was absolutely wrong i'm gonna say right now i was saying from the beginning i was like oh it's not gonna happen in london they're just well i was wrong i don't actually think they're gonna try to raise the ceiling for points because i don't think they're going to um change they're not gonna have any competitive events before the start of the the next season Mm -hmm. right I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think that ties into this idea of canceling worlds. But I could see them thinking to themselves, okay, maybe we can start the 2022 season on time, whatever that, like in August or July, like late July, August, September. Now, that's not to say regionals, but I do think if they were to say, okay, well, maybe in certain parts of the world where more people have gotten the vaccine and from a percentage of the population standpoint, like like Europe maybe or Australia, I could see them saying, okay, yeah, we can reopen challenges, right? We'll start with challenges and see how that goes. Maybe they put a, a cap, like maybe every challenge has a maximum of 12 people or 16 people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually think like this is the one, I haven't been optimistic about things for a while, but I think given the rollout of the vaccine at this point, I could see smaller events it, by August being something that the Pokemon company actually feels like, yeah, I think we can start rolling this out. And it may even be that some places in America, like, you know, if you limit it to 16 people challenges and you do that and you say, hey, we're only doing challenges until October and then we'll reevaluate. And then maybe in October they roll out cups again, right? And then maybe next like year, just cups. Yeah, just cups and challenges, right? No, no regionals. And then maybe by 2022, if things are really looking better, they say, okay, we're going to introduce regionals. And who knows if they put a cap on that or whatever. But I, to me, that seems like a really good plan. And if they do it that way, I don't think they need to change the point totals at all. I think they just stick to what it already is. I think all the points that we're going to roll over the first year just roll over again. Oh, yeah, that's true. They do roll over. I forgot about that. I completely forgot. Because so, we haven't had any like competition so far this year. Right. So Because I mean, you haven't even had to think about it, right? But whatever yeah. points you had from that last season that you played in, I think it'll just roll over. And if I was a Pokemon company, that that's my outlook, at least, is like, you know, nothing for this season, but maybe start rolling in some small events based on like, 
you know, how it is going regionally. I like, I want to keep being skeptical of like things coming back. So like your, <laughs> so you your point of your timeline, like I want to keep being skeptical because skeptical is like safe. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I don't want it to come back unless it's safe. And I, I remember like Indianapolis at least. So Marion County, the County that I live in, they produced like a chart the other day. I wish it, I wish I had it on me. I don't, I don't have it on me right now, but it was like, they had like two graphs for vaccine distribution and it was like 80 percent of the population on the fast track 80 mm. percent of the population in our county in our city would be vaccinated by like late june mm. i think that would be our 80 percent. i don't know how i don't know like how that is compared to the rest of the world um i would imagine that i am not part of that 80 percent because i am low man on the totem pole yeah, to be honest. you would probably. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it also depends on the makeup of your county uh, or yeah. your city, because like the vaccine is distributed at a state level usually. Mm -hmm. um, and so like if your city happens to be younger or older population wise or it's, I mean, Indianapolis, though, is a pretty it's a pretty big city. So I'm guessing yeah, it's, 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 is a, it's like average. a moderately sized city. It's, yeah. it's no New York. It's no Brooklyn. It's yeah. no I don't LA, expect but. Yeah, I will say I don't expect um, New York City to reach 80% by June. Mm -hmm. That said, um, you know, I, I think July, August, I think you could start seeing three quarters of the population getting a vaccine. I, I plan, I think I'll get the vaccine in April or May, maybe March. Because I'm in technically I'm in number I'm in one C group in New York. I don't know what any of that means. In New York, like they're doing it like one A, one B, one C, and then general pop, um, mm -hmm. and one C just because I have asthma. So, but mine's like very mild asthma, so I'm in the last group with pre-existing conditions. Okay. Um, I'm just all of my medical conditions on this podcast. <laughs> I had like but. asthma as a kid, but I haven't I haven't like touched an inhaler in probably twelve years. So I mean, probably not in the asthma category anymore. I don't know. I mean, look, if you had it, I know I don't know for sure whether or not you can just straight up grow out of it. Maybe you can. But I mean, you might be eligible. But that's all to say, like, if you don't feel the need to get it right. And if there's other people who do need it at that time, then like, fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, but like, I would hate to get it before like a 80 year old man. Right. Well, right? yeah, I feel like the 80 year old <laughs> man needs it way sooner than yes. I do. I mean, I'm totally going to get it. For sure. Yeah. I believe in the vaccine. Like I, I, I want to get it when I can get it. But if, if yeah, don't take the place of somebody it, who is really in need. Yeah. Somebody yeah. who's really in need. Like I, I can wait, I can sit at home and do nothing. <laughs> like I have been yes. for the last three years. I can do that. That's fine. Anyways, we're not a vaccine distribution podcast, Sean. No, no. Um, but it's, it's still good news <laughs> that they're still trying to plan things. I would assume that they're still going to try to do like players cup stuff um yeah i will be like interested that. to see if they do another team challenge from what i hear the team challenge has not been popular i mean i i'm excited I about think it that i would think that the team challenge is probably not popular unless you're like a super unless you're like us yeah where i mean we're not even like the levels of like azul michael katron pram wad you know chip all those people like if if you're not I mean, if you're if you're probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on the same level as us, to be honest. But 
if you're like, if you're not listening to this stuff or you're not like going out of your way, like there's a, there's a local, there's a local league by me real small. They, uh, um, they don't do like challenges or cups or really anything. They just kind of meet every week and play with their, whatever decks that they build unlimited. Basically. I don't think that they care about the team challenge yeah. or even know about it. Cause they can't even enter. So like, it's probably if you're like at that point or a little bit higher, you probably don't even know that your store is eligible, I would think. But yeah, I, so I think that they might discontinue the team challenge because I think it's been a lot of work on the stores that did want to enter to try to get, you know what I mean? To try it's to like, so hard when you like can't bring people into your store, I feel like. like yeah, it's 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 such a good idea. I feel like when we have IRL events. I feel like it's way better when we have IRL events. Yeah, I agree. That's, I agree. Yeah. But anyway, Sean, TBCI did do something earlier, according to PokeBeach.com, acknowledging the product shortages, and they promise future availability. As we've talked about time and time again, the pandemic has impacted printing plants, production shortages, everything like that. It's so hard to find Pokemon cards, and honestly even at a decent price. I think battle styles pre-order is like $165 for a box, something like that. It's above MSRP. I mean, if ever there was a reason to just like not buy product, like now is the time like as a player, especially like, yeah, I like buying product. I like opening product. I like, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I like buying singles too, but if there's an opportunity for me to just open products and get all the cards I want, for my decks like i'll do that first but now it's just not it's not worth it no i mean i pre-ordered i pre-ordered some battle styles from like etbs on amazon because they were at like 35 dollars a piece but that i mean within an within an hour of me ordering they were sold out and i don't even know if i'm going to get that allocation i only bought two I wasn't able to ensure that I get both rapid and single. So hopefully, hopefully I get one of each. <laughs> I'm going to get like double single and I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> but oh. anyways, like it's just so hard to find. And it's not even just here. It's like it's Digimon as well. I, yeah. If you've seen me rant about it on Twitter, um, like Digimon is near impossible to find. But TPCI said, and I quote, we're aware that some of you are experiencing difficulties purchasing certain PTCG products due to very high demand and global shipping constraints impacting availability. We understand the inconvenience for fans and we're working to address it within our control. I think that's a really good point that I want to hit on a little bit more after I finish reading this is the within our control. We're, we are actively working to print more of the impacted Pokemon TCG products as quickly as possible at a maximum capacity to support this increased demand, reprinted products are expected to be available at retailers as soon as possible. Um, for launching in the future, we are maximizing production to increase product availability upon release. We'll continue to reprint the products to replenish the stocks at retailers as soon as possible. So this is basically to combat. I think they're. I think TPCI is in their office and they're very aware that like scalping is a thing. And I think they're very aware that people are staying in line at the targets and waiting for sellers to like stock the shelves so then they can buy it all. I think they're very aware of that. So I think this in essence is combating that. Yeah. Sean. I I think 
yeah, you're absolutely, they're, they're going to print more product. The question is where the product goes. Because um, there's, there's this weird relationship that I think companies as large as the Pokemon company have with their various distributors. I listened to like one retailer, like LGS um, retailer, talk about this. And he's like, the people who supply Target and Walmart is a completely different distributor than who supplies, you know, your local game store, right? Your local game store is going to be buying from like one of like five or three to five distributors that are in their region. But yeah, like for Pokemon, I'll be interested to see if like they increase the supply, but if that supply is going to go more so to those targets, um, because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see it go to local game stores rather than Target, because to your point, right, at least with the game store, like they can say, we know we're getting product in and we can limit the sales of it very efficiently. We can do pre-orders. We can sell to people who we know are not scalpers. Whereas Target, you can't expect the employees to really they no. don't. They don't get paid enough no. to care. Yeah, like, I, and I don't blame the employees. Like, not. if you put like limit two on like the sign out front, which is what they're doing at a lot of targets, but if somebody grabs a bunch and goes to self checkout, I, I fully don't expect the person who's working there to take that into their own hands to be like, I'm going to confront this customer about Pokemon yeah. cards. No. So I, know, I mean, I you can only hope, right? But it's yeah. it's so. So, it's so difficult. If anyone at the Pokemon company listens, and I don't think they do, but if they do, I if would, if you do, uh, you know, I would say like focus on the local game stores. If your goal, if part of your goal at least is to make sure that product is getting to the hands of collectors and players, um, I would say like where you can just skew that distribution a little bit. You might piss target off a little bit, but like, to be honest, Target's never going to be happy because the second things land on shelf, they will sell out, no matter how much or how little product you give them. So Target's going to be pissed no matter what. So mm -hmm. part of me is just like cut your losses there and, and then just, you know. Wait, wouldn't Target be happy that like the stuff immediately sells out? No. So here's the interesting thing about like these big you don't retailers. want stuff to sit on the shelf. You want it to go. You want it to sell out, but you don't want it to sell out that in a way that like harms your customer relationship when they come into a store. The average person oh, coming okay. into a store, right? Like it's like, if you're Target, you know it will sell at a certain rate. But if something is selling super fast, then, you know, usually those companies have to go back to the manufacturers and they say like, hey, I need more product. Can you get me it? And Pokemon can't, right? They're not, they don't make eggs. They don't make milk. <laughs> you know, they don't make some random, you know, other product that they can Wait, just send really? more of it. They don't make milk? No. Surprisingly, yet they don't make Pokemon milk with card packs inside. And then you just I would love that. I would love to see if scalpers would go after cartons of milk with card Pokemon packs inside. Man, I went to I went to Kroger yesterday because we're supposed to get 14 inches of snow today. So I Stocking was like, up. you know, I might want to get yeah, I might want to buy like a gallon of milk and some food in case like I gotta stay here for four days. And uh there was like no milk. There was literally no milk. Zero. I was like, this is how it feels to want Pokemon cards. Except this is essential. Yeah. This is literally essential. But I kind of want to bring up the point of in their control, mm. within our control that they made. And I want to kind of tail it back to last week's conversation about Logan Paul. So 
the auctions I believe ended um, the other day. They sold uh, Logan Paul put out a video um, that I watched thirty eight thousand dollars for these packs. Now, what he put out this video and the reason he put this out is to not only remind people like, hey, we're going to open up these uh, packs on the 27th Pokemon Day. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really cool. But he also said, he also said, I want to make, I want to try and remind people that I am not the market for these items. He was basically, he basically said, he literally said in there, buyers beware, don't, he basically said like, don't buy from scalping. Like he said, don't pay absurd prices because this is what I'm doing. And that I think a lot of people saw that and they were like mad that he's not doing enough. But I just want to say like, it's the same thing with TPCI. It's in their control. They can't control when people line up at the target and buy the entire stock to resell on eBay, right? Logan Paul cannot control somebody spending $38,000 on a pack. Yeah, he can't like it's an auction. It's meant to go high. It's meant to go high. It's an auction. I will say this. So this is how much he made off the 24, not all 36, 24 packs that he sold. He said it's the first million dollar break. So your math says 912,000. There's another like there's 12 packs that he didn't sell via that. Yeah. And so those could have been others. But he said it was over a million dollars. He 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 very you could watch the video. It's on his Twitter. He very openly said, like, I am not trying to make the market. I'm not trying to manipulate the market. I think inherently just like doing this manipulates the market. But I think that's like a secondhand effect. But I truly I I like honestly believe like he's a business. Yeah, he wants to make money. Right. But I don't believe he's like, oh, let me just drive up the Pokemon card market. Like, no, I think here's the reason. Right. Like he he has no there is no benefit to him personally driving up the market because he doesn't have a prior investment, meaning like, yeah, he wasn't collecting cards for 20 years and is sitting on a million dollar investment that he can turn into 20. He is making money now right he's basically flipping in a you know i know it sounds like a nasty word but like that he is what he's doing right he's buying things at whatever the market value is when he can buy them and that market value is inflated because of him and and then just flipping them again so i think you're absolutely right he's not there's no reason for him to manipulate the market but he is He's not manipulating the market, but he is taking it's a advantage. secondary effect. Yes, it's a secondary effect of what he's doing. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say I don't like Logan Paul. I don't enjoy his content, whatever. He's just in the name of Pokemon cards. So that's why I'm like paying yeah. attention to it and stuff. But like I don't I really appreciated that video of him basically saying buyers beware. Don't buy from scalpers. People are reselling these at absurd prices. Don't buy it at these prices. I really, I, I honestly really appreciated that. I wanted to go back to it because it's something that I said on Twitter that maybe people didn't see. I don't know, Sean, if you feel the same. I mean, I, I mean, don't think you've seen the video. I haven't seen the video, but I mean, look, I... There's but, only like so much that he can control. Yeah, I mean, I will say this though. There's only so much that he can control, but what he can control is the method in which he sells his packs. Yes. And he chose to sell his packs as an auction. And he yes. chose to sell them at, a, at an auction because he realized he had not hit the ceiling for how much somebody was willing to pay for a pack break by Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. So he re, he recognized that he has not he did not accurately quantify 
his own value as being a, a pack breaker. And so you also have to realize, though, that that break specifically, like we mentioned last week, is getting a unique PSA label. Yeah, that's true. You're also getting a unique card that he is creating for the people that buy into this break. Like there is that experience factor. There is the all that stuff that we've talked about. So like it's a completely different market. In my opinion, it's a completely different market especially when you add the PSA label and everything, then you, Sean, just going on eBay and buying a booster oh, yeah. box yeah, off eBay. Yeah. It's a completely uh, different market. I, I would say to uh, uh, to anybody out there who's wondering, I, I think this should only be, this will probably only be a vintage thing, like a vent, vintage phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Because like PSA is never going to give somebody a special label for like vivid voltage breaks. That's stupid. Yeah. But like... It, you know, if you are a collector of vintage, just buckle up because like all your it's favorite YouTube tough. celebs, that's that's how they're going to make money. And they'll, they'll tell you this isn't the market. But if they start buying up whatever the market is, you kind of become the de facto market. But anyways, it's uh, we digress. We now talk about something that <laughs> people are going bananas for, Sean. New TCG set coming out in Japan here soon on May 28th. It is called EV Heroes, according to PokeBeach.com, featuring 69 cards, releasing again on May 28th. Nice. It was recent. <laughs> I hate you. Um, no, I love you. But it is. it was recently trademarked several months ago, but now we're seeing it. We're seeing promotions. We're seeing advertisements and stuff. It will feature all eight evolutions as Pokemon V's, Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Espeon, Umbreon, Glaceon, Leafeon, and Sylveon. We're assuming that Sylveon is a psychic type as well. But, Sean, as if collecting and Pokemon cards were not bad enough, <laughs> now we have this Eevee set coming out in May. I, I it's it's good marketing, man. It's uh um, it is good. No, Pokemon is doing phenomenal in this. Pokemon's doing phenomenal. It just sucks. Yeah. Cause you know that these are gonna get bought up like crazy. And, and this is Japanese too. This is Japanese. So like here's the thing. Japanese products has been relatively easy, but it's it's in the last like months jumped up. Like a Dream League box, I think a couple months ago, like two months ago, was about 60 to 65 dollars i bought mine at my friend just bought a dream league booster box the other day like two days ago it's at 85 dollars now like people are finally starting to get into the japanese market is and that, is that partially because the english mar market has become so comparatively inaccessible i think so i mean you look at you look at there are there are japanese cards that never reached the u.s right so I mean, a lot of those have to do with like promos, but like there are cards, there are arts that never reach the U.S. that are or the rest of the world that are in Japanese boxes. And so not only is Japanese cards cheaper in general, like a cheaper way to collect, but they're a way to get these unique cards for like collectors, for scalpers, for whatever, to be able to validate like reselling and flipping these things for more money. You know, and I mean, like with with the with the English product being so trickled out, right? It's it's damn near impossible to go to a Target and be able to find anything outside of a battle arena deck 
or a trainer toolkit. I mean, that's the next best place, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll be interested to see. Um, I mean, I will say I, I like the fact that they're bundling all the EVs because the fact that we hadn't gotten an EV V, like an evolution line or anything like that, um, that was pretty surprising, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little weird. I'll just say it right now. Usually the Jolteon, Sylveon, all of that, like, has there ever been a time when you could hard play an evolution as a basic? Uh, yes, Jolteon EX, Glaceon EX okay. from the because those those have like so like the Jolteon is like prevent damage from basics and then the Glaceon and those like were, prevent damage from evolutions. Those didn't have to evolve, right? No, those didn't have okay. to evolve. Those were basics. Got it. Okay, okay. Um, but either like in the GX era, at least yeah, they were all evolutions. There was e- yeah, there was EV and then there was the evolutions. Okay. Well, I mean, I still like this. I think this is cool that they're doing this. Um, hopefully they're playable and they're not just like, it's not like a gimmick set. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my only fear is if it turns into a bit of a gimmick set and then you're like, oh, it's all collectors and it's not playable. But I think there'll be some playability here. I hope so. I mean, like Sylveon was playable for a bit, like a control yeah. deck. Um, I think Jolteon was Jolteon GX at least was something and expanded for a little bit. It was a way to like hit against wall decks or something like that. I think not hundred percent sure. Um, but some of them have had some validity other time. Most of them though. Yeah. Most, most of them have been bad, but yeah, I'll be interested to see like, you know how the, and these will, I think, I assume this will be our August set. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the website. It doesn't exactly say, but I think, I think that's probably pretty okay. Like we know about the trademarks, uh, union star or I'm sorry, V V union Union, V star. Um, and then a couple of the, uh, upcoming sets in terms of Japan, like, uh, sky stream towering perfection, right? We saw those trademarked as well with the, uh, EV heroes set and then a new art called or a new trademark i should say called fusion arts which i assume is a type of card sounds a lot like legends sounds a lot like (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. that i mean i don't know i don't know jack crap about Yu-Gi-Oh. i just opened up that booster box one time and god those cards are beautiful i might buy a Yu-Gi-Oh box again sean oh because like I mean, the cards are just yeah. beautiful, and Yu-Gi-Oh is so easy to get. Magic is so easy to get. Yeah, it's true. Like collectors aren't going wild for that. Yeah, which is so weird. But twenty-fifth anniversary, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think that's all the news topics. We we are going to do, I think, like a quick little prediction uh, about the tournament tonight. So we mentioned it earlier. Jake mentioned it. We're having the anti-metapod showdown um all 32 slots are filled sorry to everybody out there who wanted to participate after we filled up we will be doing another one no details about that yet but plan is to do another one to give away some more of these mats but um yeah this was a special one we have uh five cards that are banned we have adp is banned lucario melmetal is banned picaram is banned sent to scorch v max is banned and eternatus v max is banned all the cards that I think are the main top cards and top decks with the exception of Blacephalon. Um, but like I, I left Blacephalon out because I feel like 
if one well, price, excels because of all the tag teams. Yeah, and it excels because ADP gatekeeps all other single prizers. So like mm-hmm. that combination, I think, helps Blacephalon. Whereas if all of a sudden Whimsicott Tool Drop is a viable, that's a good deck. It's a, that's good, a good, deck. good deck. And if all of a sudden ADP in around that that deck would clean the floor with Blacephalon. So like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, Jake, what what are your top predictions like decks i should say i think mewtwo is going to be one of the best decks to be honest um mewtwo just having a toolbox you know we we took out a couple of the cards but think about like welder mewtwo yeah like what did it lose it really just only lost um reshazard that was it and a lot of those cards that needed it for reshazard are now gone so that's a totally okay thing for it to leave so like welder mewtwo I think could be pretty viable. I think that would be fine. I could see aggro as well doing well. I like aggro, especially with a lot of the fire decks gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, like we mentioned, Centiscorch is now banned. Blacephalon we think is going to hurt a lot. I think aggro could do some damage because you bring up like different cards like Flygon um, and other grass weaknesses. Slowpoke. I don't think anybody will bring Slowpoke Psyduck, but I just I just love that card so much. It's such a fun deck. It it literally makes me happy when I play that deck. Um, <laughs> but different things like that that are colossal. You know, colossal's weak to grass. I think Agro could just do a lot of damage. I think that's a I think that's a good prediction. Uh, Agro are two decks Agro, to look out for. I still think the three prizes are going to be good. I do. I think that like, you know, there's going to be some tag teams around that'll still be good. I think Reshazard to your point because Welder is still in format and now, you know, you've taken out the other fire deck that's any good. I think You could have, do a Greenzard. You could do a Greenzard, although Marnie still is in the format. Uh, but, you know, Greenzard or Tempozard or whatever they're calling it nowadays, like that's a good sort of mix mm-hmm. between single and and three prizers. Um Maybe Tempozard. So, like, I, a lot of the lists that I've seen lately are like two Blacephalons, two Reshazards. Yeah. What if, like, that deck still exists and it still goes? Because, like, and then you have that flexibility. So, let's say you face up against an Eggro or a Mewtwo. Okay, you're using Blacephalon. Yeah. Let's say you face any, like, little one prizer. Okay, you're using Reshazard or Cramoran or whatever. So, maybe. Maybe we're not. Maybe we were thinking too hard on Blounds just being like hardcore, straight up four Blacephalons instead of thinking of the new Tempozards that have shown up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that to me that makes sense as like a good deck. I think that if you take the best Lightning deck out of format and one of the best decks being Picaram out of format, I could see like, you know, I don't know of any other Lightning decks that are really that viable. Like maybe some sort of rogue Bolton deck, but not really. Um, and outside of that, yeah, like if you're going to try to go like a Vika Volt, you could go Vika Volt V. It's not terrible, uh, but... Item lock is always really good <laughs> if you can get it off. Right. Although and, without Thunder Mountain, that's like so tough. Remember, Vika Volt was so good Yeah. With before rotation and then rotation happened and now Vika Volt is non-existent in the meta. But I do think that Inteleon VMAX or you know if you really want to run that risk because I do think a deck that might be played a lot because people just expect this to be a good deck is Turbo Zacian 
Um, oh yeah. I think turbos Austrian is, is like one of the easier decks to just be like, all right, you know what? Let's build it. Yeah. I like, mean, Zacian's broken. So what? Yeah, Zacian's good. Can hit um, for two thirty. Awesome. Can has a, a acceleration <laughs> through metals. Great. Has an ability that draws three cards or accelerates energies off those three cards. I don't understand what TPCI was thinking. I can it's pair like it with Zamazenta video. if I really have want. You seen, have you seen Celios' video about TPCI like making Zacian V? I don't know if I saw that video specifically. It's actually hilarious. He, <laughs> I think he reposted it not too long ago. Um, but it's it's such a good video. Shout out to you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the, the only thing about that, like I think that keeps things like Galarian Darmanitan VMAX away. Which is, it sucks, because that's such a, it's a good, it's a good attack, but the metal weakness is just, just devastating. I think if you use, like, a, a Darmanitan VMAX, it's not, it's not necessarily a Darmanitan VMAX deck, it's a box. Yeah, it's a water box, a water box deck. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you do, you just don't even use Darmanitan if, if it's not there. I mean, you still use the telescopic sights for Inteleon, right? Because you yeah. do 90 to the bench. Yeah. Which two shots, Crobat, Dedene. I expect Crobat and Dedenne to be played a lot because yeah, there's no ADP. Exactly. Um, yeah, other than that, like I'm really hoping to see something really rogue come out of this. I think that... I would see like some unknown hand type stuff, some like really <laughs> whack... I want to, I want to, if I can commentate a match with unknown hand, I'll be <laughs> excited, Sean. That'll be good. That, that would be fun. That'd um, be really great. Yeah, so I mean... I'm excited. I think that we'll see some really interesting decks. Um, okay, what wins the tournament, Jake? You had to pick one. I want to, I want something that we can come back to that either we were way off or that we were dead right. I'm gonna go back to Tempo Zard. I mean, you okay. see results. I'm gonna uh, the Tempo Zard, Tempo Blacephalon, whatever that shenanigan is being called. I've seen like five different names, but you look at like results now. Like Blacephalon is still. Getting up there in terms of results, Welder is still a broken card. It still has everything that it needs. If anything, it becomes more flexible and adjusts, like making sure it has Heatran in it, making sure it has these other different types of cards. So, like, I I mean, I don't see us. I don't think we're in a format. Like, I think in terms of the card pool, we're not in a position to really see a stage two, like, go out and just yeah. excel. But I really think tempos are now that we bring it up and we talk about like how the how Blacephalon in general has evolved. I really think that's going to be a deck that thrives. Yeah, I I think tempos art is good. I'm going to go out and say tool drop Whimsicott mm. because it's, you know, primarily a single prizer. Um, and if you play it right. And I also something that, uh, you know, we know how the participants are at this point. And I know that Azul's playing. Azul is a fan of Tool Drop Whimsicott, and he does he does well. He's done well with it in standard events when ADP yeah. is legal. So I want to go out on a limb and say uh, that Tool Drop Whimsicott maybe makes a run here. Are you saying that Azul is going to be one of our playmat winners? I mean, I wouldn't bet against Azul. <laughs> Heck, I wouldn't even if if Azul wins because he lives like in my neighborhood almost i might as well just like drop Hand it off it. at his doorstep instead of have you pay the shipping from brooklyn i'm down with to that. be honest <laughs> I'm down yeah because i have i have an extra play mat that i i have two extra play mats actually yeah um so that 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 would actually work oh also um 
before we go any further, I want to I want to mention two things like one. I know we had to say no to some people um, that wanted to enter because, again, we did have that 32 person limit. We did take notes on who did not get in. So you will have priority mm-hmm. for the next tournament that we have. So to make sure that you get in, because we want as many people as possible to participate in these. We want as many people to enjoy. But Sean and I don't want to sit through a 20 hour event. We don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. So I thought about like, oh, do we do 64 next time? And I'm like, no, I think 32 is a good number. I think 32 is a really good number. Yeah. Um, But also I'll be giving away one of the play mats. So if you don't make top four um, and you're listening to this podcast on Friday, I will be giving away one of the play mats because Sean gave me a couple extra play mats to to give away. Um, so we're doing that. I'm going to be opening um, a booster box, a Japanese booster box of single strike master. Ooh. So that'll be a cool thing. We'll be giving that away. So um, yeah, Twitch, twitch.tv slash atrocious gameplay for more details. The uh, link, if is- you want to watch the VOD. Yeah. Links. If you want to watch the VOD of the tournament, maybe you want to see what was good. I don't know. Play some cool decks, play with some friends or whatever. Twitch.tv slash gyroshawn. Yeah. That's where it's all gonna be. And uh I think I think with that, Jake, we can uh we can pause here and then we will come back to you after the tournament has concluded. Hello, welcome to the med- oh, wait. Well, we don't need to introduce <laughs> it. This is the, oh god. It's after the uh, tournament. It's after the tournament now. Jake and I are both crying. I know I already know this is going in the pod. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's 11 p.m. right now. We just finished up. The finals of the anti Metapod showdown number one. Sean, I just wanna I just wanna give myself a little clap right here. Pat on the I, back. Uh, I said that Eggro was gonna be a good call, and wouldn't you know it, Eggro ended up winning the entire tournament, Sean. It did indeed. It was like I I think your prediction that Eggro will be good was spot on. And I think Another thing that was surprising, there was it was a ton of grass decks. Let's just say that. How many grass decks were there in total, Jake? There was five Rillaboom and Eggros, which was the most played archetype. 15.6% of the meta, but four Orbeetles as well. That's another 12.5% of the meta. So right there, nine decks of the 32 entered. Um, without even looking at the other, there was the Golisopod Greedent deck yeah. as well. Which uh, I guess I guess you could kind of claim that as like a grass deck, but eh, it's not it's not really a grass deck. But the point being is like there's 29, 28 percent roughly of the entire mm-hmm. field was grass, which like I I have never uh, played Pokemon TCG in a meta that was dominated by grass, so that was I wild mean, to see. It, <laughs> it's been since like Decidueye because Decidueye was put in like a bunch of archetypes. Um, with like Zorark, with mm. Ninetales GX. Um, I believe there was another one, but I can't remember what it was. Anyways, the grass decks kind of really dominated. There was a lot of them and they dominated. So Kakwim, shout out to Kakwim, ended up winning the event with Agro going six and two overall. Uh, Mellow Magikarp getting second with the Orbital VMAX. Shout out to Mellow as well. You can follow Mellow at twitch.tv slash Mellow underscore Magikarp. Wonderful friend of ours, Kevin. A uh, wonderful person. We got uh, we- Wiedemann. I-, I still don't know how to say that Vi- name right. I almost want to say like vitamin, like a vitamin. 
like that you vitamin eat. yeah vitamin 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 um anyways played mad party mad party ended up getting third azul gg another wonderful content creator that you could go watch over on twitch and youtube getting Agro in fourth place rounding out the top four so grass decks making up three of the top four and then orbital uh coming in with the third grass deck yeah. in the top four and then after that you got appa gg that also streamed the event shout outs to appa played dragapult v max which got fifth and i will say though appa was the only undefeated person in the swiss round so ended up going five and oh which yeah. was very very exciting you got eduardo San sanano Sa sandano hopefully i said your name right orbital v max getting six Zach C playing Egro at seventh, and then Noah Allerton in eighth place as well, doing Egro. So Sean, yeah, <laughs> that's six spots for Grass Decks. Egro taking half of the top eight. I just want to say, I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. So, yeah, I, I mean. If you were a grass deck player, then you you hit the nail on the head for this tournament. And to everybody out there who is watching, thinking, why did nobody play welder decks? I'm in I'm in the same boat as you. I don't understand it. <laughs> I will say there was one archetype that did play welder. This was my other choice. It was welder Mewtwo. I said welder Mewtwo, I think, is gonna be a popular pick, which it was. It yep. was a popular pick. It did have three people playing it, which was one of the top four archetypes top five i guess you should say because mad party also had three but it didn't do so hot went four and seven overall none in the top eight obviously and uh i kicked myself in the butt on that one but uh, okay. honestly with the tempo zard i was surprised nobody played like the the mix of blacephalon reshazard archetype like we had mentioned at the end of the the last segment yeah i'm i'm absolutely flabbergasted why there wasn't a little bit of like not even just true one fire decks right yeah like a firebox not even just one firebox i mean hindsight's 2020 20, obviously sure, sure obviously but yeah it just it still feels like a tempo zard would just be good i maybe they were worried you know what people may have talked themselves into that tempo zard would have been bad Teleon right shenanigans. like I, I do think that people may have thought okay without picaram people are going to play water what is going to be bad if a bunch of people play water is fire. What's going to be good if a bunch of people play water is grass. And I, I'm sure that that was the thought process. And all that said, like, there were some water decks, right? Like, there was... Uh, there was two Inteleons and a, and a Lapras deck. Two Inteleons, a Lapras, and then there was, like, one uh, one or two, like, other, like, a, at least a Blastoise deck as well. Oh, so yeah, that's right. There was four decks out of 20, out of 32, which is... Uh... 12% of the field, which is actually not nothing. So you could have certainly played a fire deck, hit a couple of waters, and just had a bad day. Mm -hmm. but, or you could have just dodged them all. Right. Or you could have just dodged them all. And I mean, the same way of like, if you were playing a deck that was weak to metal, I mentioned this earlier, like Galarian Darmanitan, uh, nobody played it. Because I think, like us, we also thought, oh, well, Zacian, Turbo Zacian's got to be good in this format. Only two people played Zacian. One of them was true Turbo Zacian. Well, there were two different takes on it. There was Zacian. There was the Bennett Zacian, and then there was a Alolan Meowth Zacian. Yes, a Berserker Zacian. So yes, like, that's the right word. But like, so you have one Zacian that's like, I'm going to hit harder. But personally, I don't really think that that one, that one to me like felt like the most sketch in terms of the rationale, because like if people play VMAXs, 
then you're hitting 270, which is six one way, half a dozen. But you're the other. also thinking, look at all these egg rows. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, outside, but, you know, Agro has the big charm. Uh, it was a tough, that's a tough call. But the Bennett one, I am thinking, like, okay, well, at least, like, if you assume, like, I'm taking the risk that people are going to play a lot of VMAXs. But just two Zossians, overall, they only went three and five. One person, I think, was in the top 16, so they had a chance of getting in top eight. Uh, but generally speaking, not, not a great showing for metal decks. And, uh, you know... We're not, we, we, we won't be doing this exact tournament again. So it's not like you can take any learnings from this. I mean, you can take, you yeah. can take some learnings. You can't take some. I mean, this learnings. was when we were streaming the finals match and we were, we were showing mellow and Kakwim's game. Um, they actually were chatting in the little chat thing. They're like, you know, this format is kind of fun. Like this has been, this has been a real cool event. So, um, very gosh, we, we showcase a lot of great matches, Sean. I will say I'm going to shout out the uh, the Vikavolt player. Mm -hmm. There was someone who basically took a Picarom deck and replaced the Picaroms with Vikavolts. And I was like, I, I told Sean, I was like, I don't know if Vikavolts going to be good. It went three and two. It almost squeaked into top eight. It, yeah, was it almost squeaked into place. top eight. So shout out to you, Ethan, for uh, doing something that I thought was Almost impossible. You had a winning record, so that was better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, you know, when he played that deck, we were like, this actually seems to make sense in this format, especially, um, you know, with things that need to attach a bunch of energy. And I don't know. It, it was a good call. And I think also shout out to uh, Bromac for playing Alcremi VMAX. That was fun to watch. That deck is wild. Um, you know, ended up in 14th place. Like literally a few of these decks that are also like decks you just never see, they were just mm -hmm. one win off, you know, going three and two and getting bubbling out one win off of getting into the top eight. So very close there for a lot of these folks. And again, it was five rounds of Swiss best of one mm -hmm. um, going into a top eight best of three untimed stuff like that. So small event. We wanted to we wanted to keep it small. In terms of the uh, in terms of the number of people, because it's 11 p.m. Sean and I have work tomorrow. I'm going to be pulling an all nighter probably. Oh, my. And uh, it's going to be I it's going to be wild. But it was a ton <laughs> of fun. It was a ton um, of fun. But yeah, thank you to everybody who participated. If you won and I haven't reached out to you by the time, like in within a day or two of this all going up, reach out to us. Um, I'll send you the play mats. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to participate, like we said before, we're going to be doing another one of these tournaments in the future. It'll be a different format. It will be probably weird or wacky in some way, shape, or form. Somebody brought up the idea of banning some of these supporters or trainers, and I was like, hmm, maybe. Could be interesting. Maybe. Or just straight single prize format. So, uh, But yeah, always open to suggestions, so hit us up on Twitter. Leave it in reviews if you, have, if you want to do that. Uh, but Jake, I, I think that's a, a great place to wrap it up. Let you get to your all nighter and, and oh, get me to sleep. I, I don't have an energy drink. I should have gotten an. Oh, I have G Fuel, actually. That's that's energy enough. Anyways, yeah, that's energy Sean, adjacent. Thank you so much. I keep saying this, but Sean, I mean, people love the tournament. Sean organized the entire thing. Sean did all the announcements. Sean did all the planning. I just literally sat here and watched games and talked about them. That's really what I did. So shout out to Sean. 
wonderful. We uh, Sean learned a lot about organizing <laughs> a Pokemon tournament. Yeah, um, I, I just kind of sat did. here and just talked about Pokemon, as I said earlier. So <laughs> um, we'll be more prepared for the second one. I think everything went well. I think what one thing I will say, I'm pretty sure um, we should have specified somewhere that it was a standard event. Yes. I think there was one or two people that brought expanded decks, which good idea. <laughs> but Good yeah, idea, I wasn't but, uh, explicit in saying standard. I think I made incorrect assumptions about what people yes. would assume. So, yeah, that's our, that's our that's our bad. We should have we should have uh, put that in. But don't worry. Uh, next time, again, this was the first tournament Pokemon tournament that we've ever organized um, and ever done. So next time we'll be more prepared. I remember if you remember the limitless qualifiers, that first one. That first attempt at the first one was an absolute dumpster fire. Didn't even finish because the site crashed and everything. So uh, I think we're I think we're off to a good start, Sean, because look at what Limitless is now. Look at what they're doing now. I, I the sky's the limit. So, Sean. Yeah. I'm going to eat more cookie dough, raw cookie dough chat. All right. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a night, Jake. I'll see you. I mean, I can't get salmonella from him, so I'm I'm in. Safe. To, it literally says on this box, safe to eat raw. Okay. Well, For those of you that don't know what cookie dough I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Pokemon cookie dough that you are finding now in Walmart. This is not safe nutritional advice. Raw. This is not safe nutritional advice, raw. children. Goodbye. Goodbye. Safe to eat raw.